go this route for two reasons. One, it's been 25 years, so I have to start date night early. <laughs> number two, make sure while I'm buzzing, number two is, uh, can you turn me up a little bit too? Number two is, I saw Pastor Art There we go, is we're talking about finding courage, right, in troubling times. How many of you have faced some troubling times recently? And not just the ones that we see on TV, but some of you have your own personal troubling times, like your own stuff going on. I do. Right now I do. I can't get my headset off. It's troubling. Is, you know, there's all these things that we go through, and sometimes, you know, we look around, and as pastors, you know, sometimes we know more of what's going on in people's lives than, than other people do, sometimes not, but we look around, and we see people, and we see people that come in and worship, and they lift their hands, and they're praising God, and we know some stuff's going on in their life that is very challenging or very difficult, very hard for them to come in, lift their hands, and praise God, and yet we watch them do that, and you know who else watches that is God. God watches and sees us coming to him and worshiping him in spirit and in truth. Sometimes when everything in the fiber of our being wants to do something else, it wants to be afraid, it wants to have anxiety, it wants to be angry, it wants to run away, it wants to do something, and yet we show up faithfully and just say, God, I don't necessarily understand everything, but I'm here. I love you, and I'm waiting on you. The Bible says that those who wait upon the Lord, he will renew their strength. Okay, so before we even start, I just want to pray that right now. It's just that God would... Uh, work in us to renew our strength. Father, we pray right now that as we waited upon you this morning, Lord, that those who need your strength today, God, that you will renew it. Lord, not me, not the worship team, not even the community, Lord, but you. Father, we know we're here to encourage and lift each other up and you use all these things. But Lord, there's a time in some of our lives, Lord, where we're in a position where we need you to reach into our situation and to just renew our strength. I pray you do that right now in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. I'm going to make sure that this is going up because usually I don't run my own slides, but today I am. Uh, this is the end of the world journey. See that? Are we there yet? Anybody feel like every day almost, like every week, there's a new reason why it's almost the end of the world? Right? Oh my gosh, it's the end of the world. Something's happening. Oh my gosh, it's the end of the world. This is going on with snowpocalypse or COVID or Delta or Alpha or whatever is going on. There's something always ready, something political, something economical, something with health, something with uh, division, you know, riots, like whatever the case is, something seems to always be going on that's like right at the verge of end of the world. It's all over. And it's almost like this just kind of nervousness that kind of seems to underride things at times. 
And so I try mostly to just focus on the goodness of God and where God wants us to go and just walking in faith. And, uh, but sometimes you can feel a little bit of an undercurrent and not that you just got to say, you know, I'm just going to deal with some stuff directly and talk about it as a pastor. And so today uh, we do have the fire gear here. So if, if you feel like some of the stuff that I touch on today ruffles your feathers too much or lights your fire too much or if these curtains behind me catch on fire, just relax. We're all in this together, okay? All right, can we do that? Can we have, like, like big people conversation today a little bit without getting offended or bothered with each other or agitated? Because I'm probably going to irritate or agitate or offend everybody here, which I usually do on accident, but today I might do it on purpose. Okay, so we're going to dive in. All right, here we go. Finding courage. We're going to go through a top ten here. And this is... Let's go make sure I see the screen. There we go. Ten signs that fear may be distorting your reality. Okay, if you get offended at any of these, don't worry. The person next to you will be offended probably on the next one. Okay, we're just going to work through these. The, the point here is to dig at some stuff that I see, that I hear, right, and to just wake everybody up, and then we're going to dive into the Word and deal with some stuff from, from God's Word on how to handle the world that we are currently living in. Because Every day we wake up and think, well, tomorrow is just going to be easier. 2020, everybody said, oh, we can't wait till we get to 2021. Oh, we just can't wait till we get to 2021. Then everything's going to be okay. Since when has everything just been okay because it's a new year? Since when has that ever happened? Like, life goes on. Troubles come. There's always something else happening. You know, Jesus said that in this world you have many troubles, right? That's just been a reality forever. So that's the world that we live in, and it's okay to admit that. And not have to be a negative Nelly. Be somebody that's just always upset or, oh, you're so ha glass half empty. No, it's just a reality. The world has troubles. The world has struggles. Life is challenging. It's okay to say that. Does anybody just need to say, yeah, that's true for my life? Yeah, I'm a Christian and I'm here and I'm happy and I love God. But you know what? My life has troubles. Right? That's okay. It's okay to admit that. It's okay to experience that. So number one. You're more worried about being contaminated with COVID than with sin. Maybe your reality is getting a little bit distorted. Right? One affects the body. What does the other one affect? Our relationship with the living God. Hello? And potentially where we spend eternity. So one has a little bit higher priority than the other. It doesn't mean don't be safe. But if one is so much more dominating over your thoughts and emotions than the other, your reality might be getting distorted by fear. Number two, you're more concerned with your neighbor's beliefs about vaccines than their beliefs about Jesus. Which one should be a bigger concern for us? Which one should be? Now, I didn't say that they should or shouldn't get them. That's not what it says. It just says their beliefs one way or the other. But we really need to be concerned about the eternal destiny of our neighbor, of our friends, of our family, about where they're at in relationship to the God who loved them so much that he came and gave his life for them, that he died on a cross for them. So if one is far outweighing your worry and concern about the other, then your reality might be getting a little bit distorted. Number three, you're more passionate about physical freedom than you are about spiritual freedom. Well, this is my freedom. This is their freedom. Well, you know what? God died for us to have also a spiritual freedom. And there's people that no matter how free a country may be or how free that we might be in or out of our jobs or schools or anywhere else, that no matter how free they are on the outside, they are still bound on the inside. And as believers, we are called to be liberators not only of the body but of the mind and of the spirit. And we can't lose sight of that mission. 
See, when fear distorts your reality, you begin to get lost in the mission. Let's look at the firefighter when they walk into the burning building, right? How many of you want your firefighter to stay courageous? How many of you want your firefighter to get nervous and scared and start freaking out and lose perspective on where they're at and what their mission is? Because they're getting too confused and they're, they're losing all, like, their orientation. You want them to stay fully engaged in the mission and fully alert and aware of why they're there and what's going on of what reality is. Because they're there to rescue. Well, guess what? We're here to do the same thing as Jesus. Who came to do what? Seek and save the lost. We are here as believers on earth with a mission of rescue. And no matter how crazy it gets in the world, the world needs us to be able to stay courageous and to have perspective and to stay orientated on mission of who we are and what we're called to do. Number four, you talk more about world news than the good news. Right? How many of your conversations are around the world news and what's happening in the world news versus how many are about the good news of what Jesus has done for you, not just for your neighbor, but what he's done in your own life? Man, I got some good news to share. All this crazy stuff's going on, but do you know that God has delivered me? From addiction? Do you know that God has given me a great family? Do you know that God has provided for my needs in the midst of the struggles? Do you know that God has, do you know that God wants to do that for you? And that this is the mission, this is, this is, as believers, we live on earth on mission. That's why we're here. Paul said in the New Testament, he said that he didn't know if he'd rather go to heaven to be with Jesus or if he'd rather stay on earth. And he was torn between the two, but he said, if I go to heaven, it's better for me. Okay, let's pause there for a second. Do you realize that it's not just a theory? This is a reality that heaven is better. Everybody's afraid of dying. Everybody's afraid, of, well, someday I'll be gone from here. Heaven is better. That's not just a, like a kind of a Christian thing that we say and we put on some cool photos and some wall art. That's a reality. Like we're going to a better place. This is the car ride. This isn't Disneyland. This is where we're all crowded together, agitating each other and being irritated and annoyed and wondering, are we there yet? Because the ride gets to be not as good as we thought. We're going somewhere that's better. And so if our mind and our heart really grasp that and understands that, then we need to be able to share the good news with people that there's a better place. Oh, i got to fix this world. This world is crazy. Yes, we got to fix this world. This world is crazy. Okay, that's true. But also, we got to fix this world that's crazy. Well, do you know what? We're actually all eventually going to wind up somewhere better if we put our hope and our trust in the work that Jesus did for us on the cross. And no matter how crazy this gets or how crazy it's been in the past, right? Remember, there's been World War I, World War II. There's been Holocaust. There's been Vietnam Wars. There's been all kinds of craziness. And that's just in kind of our generations. You can go back before that to revolutions and to, I mean, all types of things. Slavery. I mean, you can go back through all these things, and it's been crazier and crazier. And yet, through it all, People who lived through those things came out of those things not to make the world perfect because we still have struggles, but they came out of those things into the glory of God and to live in the glory of heaven at some point. It is a better place, and we're headed there. So we do our best here, but this is not the end. Number five, your social media shares more posts about human governments than God's kingdom. You might be losing reality a little bit. Which one's the greater? Which one's the more important as a believer? Right? These are just truths that we need to understand as believers. Number six, you refuse a vaccine for religious reasons while harboring bitterness for personal reasons. 
I'm not saying get one or don't get one, but I'm saying if you're going to be religious, be religious. And the religion that we are in, and people say it's not a religion, it's a relationship, but actually by definition in a dictionary, we actually are a religion because we have certain beliefs that we hold to. In our religion of Christianity, we are supposed to forgive. In fact, Jesus said if we don't forgive our neighbors, if we don't forgive people who have offended us, that our Heavenly Father won't forgive us. Right? That's the truth. Amen, Randall? Right. We have to forgive. And so, yeah, if we're going to go religious, go all in and be religious. Walk out the whole truth of the word. If you're not, then your reality may be getting distorted. Number seven, you feel medically safe for getting vaccinated while overeating, overdrinking, inhaling, or injecting things directly harmful to your health. Your reality might be getting distorted. Yes, health's important. It's important all the way around. I know some of you are ready to walk out. Stay here. Gordon, guard the door. We're almost done. Then you can breathe. Number eight, your views on issues change quickly based on the company you are with. Your reality might be getting distorted. It's like, well, I thought this, but now I'm with this person. Now I think that. And I said, your reality might be just getting distorted and moved around based on what's going on. Number nine, the entire concept of me asking these questions is making you anxious or angry. It's starting to tick you off. Like, what's happening right now? What's going on? It's making me anxious or angry, and I'm the one asking him. So why am I doing it? We're in church. Well, you know what? The Bible says that we're supposed to love one another, right? To love one another means we have to be able to be open, honest, and talk about real issues that bother people, right? Real things that are going on. And so we're going to dive into this more as we go through the word. But number 10, you really wish that this would all go away so we could get back to the simple problems like addiction, violence, morality, and the economy. Let's get back to easier times. Remember all that was going on before all this. And back then, those were the big problems that were going to end the world and end everybody and divide everybody, right? It's difficult. Difficult world that we've all in. So here's the thing. No, you're not crazy. No, you are not crazy. And I mainly picked this picture because I was fascinated by the hair, which happens to me often. The world is enough to make anybody freak out. Anybody. doesn't matter if you're right or left or middle or up or down or sideways or diagonal. It's just enough to make anybody freak out. It doesn't matter if you're five or six or seven years old. I got a two-year-old that freaks out sometimes because her world's just getting too crazy. She only got one scoop of ice cream instead of two, and the whole world's falling apart. You got adults, teenagers, everybody. Everybody's got a reason for their world to feel like it's going crazy. Because it is. <gasps> the world is crazy. There's crazy stuff happening. It's okay sometimes if you want to freak out. But we're supposed to believe that the other people, the others, are uncaring, unloving, that they're, they don't care about freedom, that they don't care about health, that they don't care about their neighbor, that they don't care about their family, that whether they're on this side of an issue or that side of an issue, that the other people are insensitive, uncaring, irresponsible, and that they hate other people more than themselves. Like, we're supposed to believe that. And yet I know that that's not true. I know that there's people in this church right now, sitting in this room right now, that have totally different views on lots of things. 
But if we're not careful, then in the middle of the smoke, in the middle of the fire, in the middle of the trouble and the trials of life, it's easy to become disoriented and to not understand who we are as believers and that our mission is to love God, as our church says, love people and live like we mean it. That's not our mission. Those aren't our commandments. Those are Jesus. They said, what are the two greatest commandments? Right? And he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart. Love your neighbor as yourself. This is what we're supposed to do. So where do we go from here? Paul said in Acts, he said, they, they thought that he was trying to infiltrate the Christian group, the believers. And he was trying to infiltrate them because he was, before stoning them and killing them for being some kind of a cult against his beliefs. But eventually, he became a believer. And what they actually called the church back then wasn't Christianity. They didn't call it any of that. They just called it the way. And why did they call it that? They called it the way because the people that were in that followed the way of Jesus. We've been talking about that the last couple of weeks. As believers, we, we take on the easy yoke. We follow the way of Jesus. It's actually a lifestyle, not just a belief. It's not just that, oh, I believe in Jesus, that he died for me, rose again, and I'm going to heaven. That is not the fullness of Christianity. Now, can you get saved and go to heaven that way? That's a different story. But the way of Christianity is discipleship, is to live in the way and to walk in the actual lifestyle and the way and to live out the acts that Jesus would do and to follow his example. And so where we go from here is to be followers of the way. What is the way? Well, the Jesus way is the way of courage. That's what it is. It's not the way of fear. It's not the way of division. It's not the way of judgment. It's not the way of anxiety, worry, anger, all these things. It is the way of courage. Matthew 14, 27. When the disciples saw him, that's Jesus, walking on the sea, they were terrified. So they're out there in darkness. They're in a disoriented place. It's a night out there on the boat, and there's fog, and there's some there's some weather going on, there's things happening, and it's dark, and they see him, and they're afraid, and they cry out in fear, but Jesus spoke up at once, and he said, take courage, this is Jesus, in the midst of a confusing, disoriented moment, which some of us have been experiencing, right, confusing and disoriented world that we're in, and he says, take heart, take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. Now, what's important here is he doesn't say, here is courage, He doesn't say, I put courage on you. What does he say? Take courage. In other words, it's available. You have to take it. It's a choice. Do you want to take courage? Do you want to rise up and say, you know what? In faith, I will take courage, and I'm going to grab a hold of the courage of God. And I'm going to walk in this. We have that choice in the midst of everything going on in our life. And when this is over, it'll be something else. It'll be something else. It'll be something else. I'm 43 now. And when I'm 63, there'll be something else on the news or in society or that's going on. And people will be saying, this is the end of everything. And we can't get along anymore. And it's all awful. I remember growing up as a kid, listening to my grandparents talk about how nobody can ever get along anymore. And the world isn't what it used to be. And it's all over. And guess what? We're still talking about it. That's just the way of the world. It's full of division. It's full of challenges. It's full of troubles. And yet in the generation that we're in, in the season that we're in, in the time that we are in right now, 
God, before the foundations of the earth, knew you. The Bible says before you were in your mother's womb, he knew you, that he knit you together, put you together, and he knew that you would live right now. Now, if he knit you together, if he made you, knowing that you were going to live in this time, don't you think he would have included the things made in you to survive and thrive in the time that he made you for? So you can take courage, not just that God is good, but you can take courage that God has made you for such a time, as he told Esther, as this. You're here for a reason. You were called to this fire. You were called to this rescue because God has equipped you, whatever your age is, whether you're a kid, a teen, an adult, whatever your age is, God has equipped you and set you in this time for a reason And that is to be a part of his rescue. Because there's people that need the light that God wants to shine through your life. The hope, the love, the courage, the strength that he wants to shine through your life. The way of Jesus is the way of courage. John 16, 33. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have what? Tribulation. Other verses say you have many troubles. There's a lot of Christians that argue whether or not we're going to be raptured out before the tribulation. Well, I don't know about a great tribulation, but this is telling us that we all are going to face some kind of tribulation. There's no escaping it. We all will face a tribulation of some sort in our lifetime, a trouble, a difficulty. And Jesus is being upfront about it. He says, in this world, in this life, you will have tribulation, but do what? Take courage. Again, did he say but I give you courage, but I I pour courage on you, but I'm going to hold you down and stuff you full of courage like a turkey, courageous turkey. No, again, he says what? Take courage. In other words, it is a choice that he gives to us as believers. He's saying, I'm making this available. I'm giving you the opportunity. You're going to be in times that are troubling and hard, But I am giving you, because we are all beings of free will and of choice, I'm giving you the ability and calling you to the task of taking courage. Being courageous in this time. I have overcome the world. In other words, the end is good. The end is good. When this is all over, the end is good. Well, I don't know how it's all going to turn out. It's all going to end up bad. If things don't turn around soon, everything's going to be bad. No, he's already overcome. He's already won. We win. We're more than conquerors, the Bible says. Well, what's more than a conqueror? Well, a pre-conqueror is more than a conqueror. Like, we've already won, and the battle's not even over. We're still in the middle of it, and we've already won. Well, that's more than a conqueror. And we can take courage knowing that God wins, knowing that the goodness of God prevails, that the love of God ultimately is the answer. The Jesus way is a way of courage, 2 Timothy 1, 7. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of what? Power, love, and self-control. Some translations say sound mind. If you look the word up, the word's really talking about self-control, the ability to control the emotions and thoughts of your mind, and yet still hold yourself in place to do the right action. Self-control. A mind that stays clear in order to make the choice that God wants. Self-control. Again, if you're trapped in a fire and there's smoke everywhere, your firefighter comes in. Do you want them to have power? Like, do you want them to have their 
Do you want them to have their kit that actually can do something powerful, that can actually put some fires out? Do you want them to have their hose that actually has water running through it that's powerful? Yes. Do you want them to have love? Absolutely. If they don't love the people that they're in there for, they're trying to save people at the risk of their own life. If they don't have some love for their fellow neighbor, they're getting out when their life depends on it, not when the other person's rescued. They need the love. You want them to have some self-control. That when it feels like I need to run, that they'll stay and go, no, I've got time. I know, I've studied, I know how this fire works, I know where the smoke's going, I have time, I'm going to keep looking, and I'm going to get them. And that that is a place that God's called us to as rescuers in this world is to have the power of God. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. We have a message that has actual power to free people from their guilt, their shame, their bondage, their addictions, that it can free them. I have seen for 20 years, working in small groups and pastoring, I have seen person after person freed from addiction, marriages restored. I've seen people with physical healings. I have seen the power of the gospel work in people's lives. So we have the power. We have the love. The love that will say, do you know what? I'm scared. I'm afraid. I'm nervous. I'm confused by what's happening all around me in the world. But I'm going to stay in the game and stay on mission because I love my neighbor. I love my friend. I love my family. I love my brother and sister in the church enough to hold still, have self-control, not freak out, and to continue to go on mission towards loving the people around me. It takes love to do that. And to have that sound mind, to have that self-control, well, power, love, and self-control for what? What do we do with it? We know what a firefighter's doing. They're going around looking for people that are in the smoke. But what are we supposed to do? Well, it takes us to the verse I already mentioned today, Matthew 22, 36 to 40. Teacher, what's the greatest commandment? It's the number, two, the number one, number two things that God wants us to do. That's what a commandment is, right? If you tell your kids, go do the dishes, right? That's a commandment. What is it you want them to do? The dishes, right? And that's how commandments and desire work together. The one giving the command is giving the command of what they want, what they desire. So what is God's number one and number two desire for us as humans? It says it right here. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Be all in for God, 100%. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. So if we are worried and concerned about the state of society, the state of culture, about COVID, about vaccines, about travel, about politics, about division, about riots, about everything else going on in the world around us, if we are concerned for ourselves, we are to be equally as concerned for how our neighbor, the person next to us, is doing and how they're getting through things. Equally. As yourself. It's the same degree. Well, once I get myself taken care of, I'm just trying to really just kind of hold up and get myself right. And I'll get, by the time that you get yourself right, the other person may already be gone. That's why it's important to take courage. There's people in the last year, and I don't want to be too heavy. These are just truths that we have to understand. Our mission is real. Suicide rates skyrocketed last year. Divorce, addiction. There is people last year who could have used somebody 
to take their eyes off of themselves and their own worries and concerns and say, do you know what? I do feel worried and concerned, but I'm putting that aside to check on you. How are you doing? Are you okay? And some people would still be alive today. Families would have still been together today. Kids would have still been in their homes today. That's heavy, but that's true. It was true last year, and guess what? It's true this year. Our mission is not a fake mission. It's not just a religious thing to put up on the wall. It's not just a T-shirt to wear. It's a real mission. There's people in the smoke of current living, current life, current chaos right now that are on their last breath in their marriage, in their family, thinking of suicide, in addiction, whatever the case might be, whatever they're going through, they're on their last breath in the smoke of life, and they need believers coming through the smoke, as firemen do, yelling out, fire department, call out. If you need help, call me. If you need help, I'm here. Identifying themselves as helpers and saying, if you're in here, if you're getting choked out, I'm here. Call out. Dial my number. Come by my house. Come talk to me at the lunch break. I'm available. How will they come and get help or rescue if they don't know who to go to? Well, how are they going to know the difference if we talk the same as the world and all we talk about is politics and whatever status somebody is on a vaccine or this or that? And these are our biggest concerns. Those things have merit. Those things have value. Those things are things to talk about as adults without division and to talk through and to understand and try to understand sides and understand why people make decisions. My experience is that most people are out there actually just really trying to take the information they have, process it, make the best decision they know how, and they actually love their family and they actually love their neighbor even if they make a different decision. They're still trying their best. But how will people know if we don't stand out and say, you know what, I know there's a lot of confusion in all types of areas of life and lots of struggles and people are getting discouraged. But you know what? Jesus department, call out. I'm here. There's hope. I can help. I can pray for you. You know, I had my anxiety shirt on. And I asked me, if you have anxiety, I can help. I had that on. I started wearing that all the time. I was just at the gas station. I shared this last week. But again, I was at the gas station, and the lady working behind the register sees the shirt says, help. I said, how can I help you? She's just there helping people, checking things out, acting super, like, you know, smiley. She comes around the counter, gets super emotional, and she's like my 12-year-old daughter died six years ago. And every day, she's got, I cannot get past the anxiety of it. I just can't get past it. The only reason she knew to talk to me is because I had a shirt on saying, Jesus department, call out, help. I'm not saying you all have to wear a shirt. I'm not saying I have to wear one every day. My point is we have to find ways to sound different, to sound available, to actually be available to the people that are in need so they know where to go. But that's what Jesus is talking about. Will we have the courage to live his two simple commands, love him and love other people? Or... Will we start making our own list of commands? This is our political, these are my pandemic commands. If you line up on these different pandemic things, then I will talk to you, associate with you, and think that you're an okay person. And if you have a need, I'll try to help you. If you don't, then I'm angry at you. I oppose you. Like, where will we, we make up our own commands that people have to jump through in order to receive the grace and the goodness and the love of God that we have to offer? Or will we just simplify and take what Jesus is saying? Love God with all of our heart and love people. 
same opinion on some things, maybe a different opinion, but just get to the heart and say, man, I know if I don't agree with your decision. I think you're crazy. But you're living in the same crazy world I am, and it's probably hard for you to figure out what to do. It's hard for me to figure out what to do. And do you know what? I think I'm right, but I might be a little wrong. So can we love each other and try to get through this to the other side? Can we do that together? And just being available, being there, being open. Some of the, some of the things that are taking people out besides the ones that are always on the news, anxiety, isolation, depression, grief. That lady from the gas station, she's grieving, just grieving. We're going to get together on Tuesday night and worship with Hubileo together. Man, those pastors, wow. They went through this last year, and they had lost their son last year, their 20-year-old son, in a car accident. And they've spent the last year trying to serve and love and lift people up and care for people in the midst of all the craziness of politics, COVID, everything else. They're just trying to serve and love people. And they lost their son in an accident just a year ago. They're grieving. They're hurting. People are going through things. They've lost their families. They've lost their, not, not just to medical things, but to all types of situations. Domestic violence or what, all kinds of stuff. These are the people that are in the smoke that need help. They're going through divorce. Child abuse. We're finding that with the foster closet. We get calls directly from the hospital. That's where, that's where the CPS is getting them from now, not just from schools or other people, directly from the hospital because people were not gathering as much. And so the kids just end up in the hospital, and the hospitals are calling saying, hey, we've got kids that need help. So many things that people are there for that they need someone to stay focused on the mission, to stay oriented, to care about bigger things, deeper things, long-lasting things, about the inside. I want to have John Clay come up here. John, come on up. One specific, just stand right here next to me on this side. One specific person that lived this out that I wanted to highlight is John Eli Clay. That's not this John. What's your middle name? Russell. This is John Russell Clay. John Eli Clay was his grandpa. Yeah, is, sorry, is his grandpa. And I'm actually going to ask you to put these on. So his grandpa had land, and his grandpa used part of that land for a volunteer fire department. And he put this up. You might need to shrink it down for you because I was kind of working out, and I put it on just to tighten that a little. There we go. His grandpa had land, and he used it in part to make a volunteer fire department. Hold that one. So his grandpa would get like this when they got the calls, and he was the first guy on a lot of the calls. How long did you do that, 30 years? 30 years, unpaid, didn't get money for that, didn't get praise and glory for that from everybody. I was talking to John the other day. His grandpa's basically unknown. Nobody knows him. He's not on the land anymore. He doesn't have that fire department anymore. John's been taking care of him and helping him. The only person that remembers a lot of stuff that John's grandpa did is God. And the people that he saved over 30 years, going to fires, pulling people out, helping people. In the middle of the night, getting called off of his farm or ranch and just saying, hey, come on out here, man. We need you. And he's 
flying out there. John Eli Clay lived that life of putting other people first, loving them, caring for them, and sacrificing in a real way. And that's an example for us in a physical way of what God wants to use all of us for. We can't all set up a volunteer fire department on our property. Pastor Art would try. He puts everything on his properties. But we can't just set up a fire department everywhere. But we can create a space in our lives, in our schedules, in our time, in our homes, in our lunchrooms at break or at school. We can create a space where people can come that need rescue and they need help. And if we hear that there's someone that needs rescue or help, we can do like John's grandpa did, and that's be the first on the call. I'll get there first and see if they can, something I can do. There's something that I can help with. So hold on one second. We're finishing up. You're not going to have to stand here for an hour, but you look good. There's a cost to wear this. It's not just you wear it and look good. What's the cost to wear this? For his grandpa to put that on, he has to be committed to a couple things. One, having the skill, training, the power to do the job. Can't just show up, hey, I'm here. What are you going to do? I don't know. There was a drunk guy that lived behind me once, had his whole house on fire, two stories high, literally complete house on fire. It's burning to the second story, and he's drunk, and he's standing out there with his hose, and he's got his thumb on the end, and he's just... And the whole house right behind our fence is in flames, and he's just out here. He didn't, he's not even calling anybody. So you have to actually get equipped, right? Get in your word, pray, have a relationship with Jesus that's vibrant. Be in community. Walk in the power of God. Then his grandpa had to actually put on love for other people. When there's 2 in the morning and the fire department bell's ringing, what do you have to do? Well, I'll check on it tomorrow because I'm tired. You have to be willing to get up, love them, get out there and go do the job. You got to really put on love, and then you got to put on courage and self-control. When he shows up, and if it's bigger than he thought, or man, that guy's, like his, his neck is off. How do you take your neck off? It's like off. I got to try to patch this guy together and keep him alive. You can't freak out. You have to put on courage. So there's a courage and a commitment and a love for others that just to put this gear on, you have to also put on. Why does that make sense? Okay, well, check out this verse. To be believers, there's also a cost to put on our gear, to put on the cross. This is what Jesus said. Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. To put on Jesus, we have to actually be willing to pick up our cross, to actually pick up a sacrificial way of living for others at our own expense, at our own fear, our own anxiety, our own stress. Jesus was so stressed out. Well, Jesus was never stressed out. Jesus was so stressed out in the garden before he went to the cross that he was literally praying. And the Bible is talking about he was sweating blood, high stress. And he's praying. He says, Father, if there's a different way, let's try it. But not my will, but yours be done. That level of commitment to pick up the cross, to be a believer, is to say in the midst of whatever's going on, no matter how stressful it gets to me, I'm willing to look at the needs of the person next to me and try to love them and care for them. We're called to do the same thing as believers, to live that way. 
The last two verses was just a repeat. The Jesus way is the way of courage. For God has given us not a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Power and love, self-control to do what? Love God, love people, live like we mean it. I mean, those are the two greatest commands. Just summed up. That's what we're here for. As believers, as a church. Now, we are doing, I think, a great job of that. This message isn't, oh, you guys are bad people, we should do this. We are doing it. The Bible says this, do not grow weary in doing good, for in due time you will reap if you don't lose heart. In other words, don't stop being you. Don't stop loving God, loving people, and living in a way that shows that no matter how crazy you feel the world gets around you, don't stop. Don't stop doing it. Just keep walking it out day by day, hour by hour, minute by minute, person by person. Just keep on walking it out and trust that God in due time will give victory in the relationships that you're walking out, the people that you're ministering to, and in your life. Don't get distracted by where the world wants to take us into division and disunity and all these things and fear and anxiety and anger. Walk in power, love, self-control and live on mission. Amen? All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you, God, for this day. We thank you for your word. And Lord, I pray that you would help us, Lord, as it's you that works in us both to will and to do according to your good pleasure. Help us, God, to take courage and to live this out. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Up on the screen as we go across is a scan to get on our Bible uh, devotional for the week. And this is on courage under stress. So it's be very timely to this message. And then if you have kids or if you're an adult that, that loves fire stuff or loves being a kid, I'm taking stuff over to the stage over there. And you can put it on and get photos on the stage in front of the black curtain. If you want to dress your kid up for a second in the fire thing, take a picture and rotate some people through. Uh, it'll just be fun pictures to take home and to have. So God bless you guys. the next step and visit www.thebeatchurch.com and get connected with a community committed to applying these truths in their everyday lives. You can also give now to support our messages by visiting www.thebeatchurch.com slash give.